Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Money and More with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is a solo episode and I would like to talk about is your net worth a byproduct of your self-worth and how much does your self-confidence your confidence in your relationship with yourself impact your relationship with money. How we do money is how we do everything. And a confident relationship with money absolutely begins with a confident relationship with you. What do all babies have in common with each other? What is the one thing that they have in common? And that is confidence, self-confidence in themselves, confidence to try new things, to not give up, to talk to new people, to really not care about other people's opinions, to be a sponge and to soak up every little bit of information to explore the world around them, to have high expectations for themselves and what they're going to get, and to never give up or take no for an answer. But what happens to babies? They grow into small children who go to school. They start hearing of all the things they're not good at. You're not very good at maths. You're not very good at football. You're not as good as so-and-so at doing something. You start to hear friends and other people in your class saying not particularly nice things about yourself. You start to realize that you don't always match up to the expectation of your parents or other adults. Why aren't you better at maths? Why don't you try harder? Why don't you read more? And you start to become aware of yourself and start to feel possibly that you don't measure up to others in ways that you had never, ever considered up until that point. And you start to become aware of money and your relationship with money, and the relationship that your parents and the people who are around you when you are growing up have about money. What they say about it, 
how they feel about it and how they talk about people who have and don't have money. And what does this lead to for that confident baby who never took no for an answer, who didn't worry about what other people thought? What is the consequence of all these outside influences having on you? Very often a feeling of less than, of being different, of not being good enough, a lack of confidence in yourself and your ability to succeed, which is the exact opposite of how you felt when you were a baby. And so it begins. How we do money is how we do everything. I've spoken before about this, and I'm sure you've read it in many different places, but what we think we become. We are the very definition of our own self-fulfilling prophecy. Whether you think you can't or you can, guess what? You're right. So what is self-confidence? The dictionary definition of self-confidence is a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities and judgment. Our relationship with money is about so much more than money. It affects every aspect of our lives, our friendships, our relationships, our business, our feeling of success, how much we can enjoy that success. But in reality, money is just an enabler and we shouldn't let that relationship in any way disable you and your life's success. What is the meaning of life? I can remember seeing a meme on Facebook a number of years ago, which showed a scruffy, slightly emaciated, very worn out, older gentleman, sideways running, sideways falling into his grave with the caption, Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Have we ever heard anyone saying on their deathbed, I wish I'd saved more money? Nope. I don't think so. Money is an energy. It's an enabler. It's the facilitator, the reward. It is not the driver. It's not the boss. It's not the director. You are. Now, you've heard me say this before, but money loves a purpose. And it's really, really important to understand what purpose money holds for you. Is that more freedom? 
peace of mind, to create memories, to support others, to make a greater contribution. It's really, really important to lean into exactly what it means for you. Because by doing so, you create that emotional connection. And when we create emotional connection, when we link it to our why, we're able then to take and make intentional action that helps lead us towards that goal, our why. And that goes back to, you know, what exactly is money mindset? And I've spoken about this frequently on this podcast, but it's really helpful and important to revisit this from time to time, just to keep it front of center in your mind. Our money mindset is the inner conversation we're having with ourselves about money. And it's the feelings and the actual relationship that we have with money. But what makes it even more important is that it is directly linked to our sense of self-value and self-worth and self-confidence. And that is why if we don't work on creating the right inner conversation for ourselves, then we will simply sabotage ourselves because of that direct link to our sense of self-worth and self-value. Should there be a link? Absolutely not. Our sense of self-worth and self-value should not come from our relationship with money. But because of the association that money has, the amount of money somebody has, the number of assets, etc., etc., then over time it has become part of how we define ourselves in terms of our own success and how we measure others in terms of their own success. But we need to be aware of the subliminal messages that we are providing to ourselves around our own sense of self-value and self-worth and how they are holding us stuck if that messaging is off, if that messaging is not supportive, and if ultimately that messaging is not allowing us to do the very things that we need to do in order to achieve the goals that we set for ourselves. As you will know, as most listeners will know, our relationship with money, our money mindset is actually developed in our childhood, usually between the ages of naught and seven. And some people are quite surprised when I say naught and seven because they don't have memories that go back probably further than about four years of age. Well, consciously, you may not remember what happened until you were round about four years of age, but your subconscious will remember everything. And very often, 
It's those things that happen to us at the earliest point in our childhood that actually defines our relationship with money. And that is because certain things triggered our sense or our lack of self-value and self-worth. And those things may not have even been actual things that happened, but our beliefs around what happened, our belief around what those triggers actually meant, even if factually they didn't mean what we believed they did. An example I give quite often because it really does help to emphasize the point, somebody who played Angel Gabriel in their school nativity aged two or three, standing up on stage, arms outstretched, overstretched and fell off the stage. The audience laughed. That person's recollection was, I was up on stage, I was visible, I fell off, people laughed at me. Those in the audience laughed, not at the child falling off the stage, but actually at the comic situation, thinking that that was part of the show. However, from that point onwards, that person has held a belief. I shouldn't get visible because when I do, I make myself look stupid and people laugh at me. And very often our relationship with money is tied up with that sense of the big ego versus little ego. Now, I like to think of the big ego as that part of us who has ambition, who believes the art of the possible, who wants to be able to strive for great things and to achieve great success. However, our little ego, that little voice in our head, which is trying to keep us safe, which is trying to keep us out of harm's way. That little voice is doing its best to stop us from doing all the things that could end up with us looking stupid. But the messaging it's providing to us is not helpful. Don't do that. You're going to look stupid. Who are you to think that you can achieve that? You're not as good as them. They're better than you. What do you know? You haven't got the same abilities as they have. And you take all of that on board and it keeps chipping away at your sense of self-worth and self-value. And I'll say it again, what we think we become. And that is why having the right inner conversation with ourselves about money and about our sense of self-worth and self-value, that will become the very definition of what we think and feel about ourselves. And there are so many ways that a negative relationship with money that goes on to have a knock-on effect on our own self-confidence, how that shows up in our business and in a way that is just not helpful. Over-delivering and undercharging not creating clear boundaries with our clients, 
shying away from having conversations about money, keeping our fees the same for far too long, trading our time and discounting mates' rates, which everybody knows I hate unnecessarily, not checking our bank account daily, not tracking the money coming in and out of our business daily. Feeling negative thoughts or self-talk is holding you back. Choosing to not being visible enough in our business because it is a choice and not investing or emotional purchasing. All of that is linked to a lack of self-confidence, a lack of self-worth and self-value. And when we start to do the inner work, we start to realise the impression that we are giving to the outside world with regards to how we value ourselves, how we value what we do, and how we value the results that we bring for our clients. For example, when it comes to how we price ourselves, our price is our positioning. Our price is stating to our marketplace, to our would-be clients, how much we value what we do and the results we bring for our clients. There are always going to be people at the cheapest end of the scale. There are always going to be people at the top end, most expensive end of the scale. But where you price yourself on that line is you making a statement with regards to how much self-belief you have in yourself and the results that you bring. When you work on your relationship with money, it doesn't just get reflected in your bank account. It also gets reflected in your own feelings of self-confidence because of the linkage between that and your sense of self-value and self-worth. And I've spoken about this on previous episodes, but people with a healthy, wealthy relationship with money absolutely categorically believe they have no reason to compare themselves to others. They set and know that they are capable of achieving the bold goals they take for themselves and take intentional action in order to achieve those goals. It doesn't mean that they don't feel very uncomfortable at different points in time in doing so, but they realise their desire to achieve what they want to achieve, to meet their goals, that is far more front of mind than the temporary discomfort they're going to feel at doing something they may not necessarily feel comfortable about in the first place. And when you have the right relationship with money and also the right relationship with yourself in terms of that self-confidence, It's you that decides when to spend your money and you don't have the guilt or compulsion 
that can show up when you have a relationship with money that is off. When our relationship with money is not where it needs to be, we can use it at inopportune moments. We can use emotional purchasing to help us feel better, to medicate ourselves if we've fallen out with somebody or not achieve something that we set out to achieve. And then we can feel guilt, buyer's remorse, because we bought something we didn't really need, or we bought it and couldn't really afford it, or we bought it and paid for it on credit. And then when we get home, we realize that we didn't really need it. And we have to understand the impact it then has on our finances going forward. But if you don't have a healthy relationship with money and you are questioning your own sense of self-worth and self-value, there can also be a compulsion about spending money to get that dopamine hit, to get that adrenaline hit from making that purchase. But when you have the right relationship with money, you don't do those things because you know it's up to you to decide how and when to spend your money. It's also very true that the people that have the healthiest relationship with money and the most confident relationship with themselves, they are the ones that are most generous with their money and they use it to help others. One of my daily affirmations around money is the more money I earn, the more people I serve. The more people I serve, the more money I earn. And that is representative of how we can have a relationship with money that we see it as an enabler to help support other people less fortunate than ourselves. When you have the right relationship with money, you will also be respecting yourself and your time and be very comfortable and confident in putting boundaries in place. Boundaries are so important to establish healthy relationships, particularly with our clients, so that our clients, right at the start of our working relationship with them, know the expectation that is placed on them and on us with regards to that relationship. When we will expect payment what to do if they're not able to show up for an appointment on time? What happens if they show up for an appointment late? What happens if they are late making payment? So any time a client steps or oversteps the boundary, we can refer them back to that agreement and therefore have the best opportunity to create a rebalance in the relationship and make it a harmonious one rather than one where we feel disgruntled because a client has overstepped the mark. When you have the right relationship with money and you feel confident in that relationship, then you absolutely believe that your money story is yours alone. I've spoken about this theme before that when we have a relationship with money that is not working for us, it's usually because we are still living with the money story that our parents gave to us, a money story that is not relevant to the stage of our life we are at and not relevant to what is going on for us 
financially. And therefore, there's a mismatch between our values and goals and their alignment if we are still trying to utilise and live by the money story belonging to our parents. When you have the right relationship with money and are fully confident in that relationship, then you know that you are fully in charge of your future. You recognise that you are self-accountable for the decisions and actions that you take in your life. And when things happen in the economy, as they are happening at the moment, then you will become self-accountable and and responsible for the action that you take to protect you, your business and your family. And it's having that self-confidence that allows you to read the mood music with regards to what is going on and what possibly you might have to do in order to create an environment where you are thriving, not surviving. And ultimately, when you have the right relationship with money, you will believe that you are worth it. You will have full self-confidence that you don't have to allow yourself to move to a position of scarcity, where you have to move to a mindset of feeling less than, that you have the answers, that you can take the action and that you don't end up in a situation where limiting beliefs prevent you from making the right decisions. An equation that I was introduced to a few weeks ago by a colleague is something that I think is really, really interesting to keep front of mind when considering our relationship with money. And that is P equals P minus I. Performance equals potential minus interferences. So the overall success of our business, the ultimate success of our business, the performance of our business is equal to the potential of that business minus the interferences that we allow to infiltrate through into our business. And if we are not careful, our relationship with money and our lack of self-confidence can be the two key areas that prevent us from having the ultimate performance, seeing the success that we want to see in our business. That inner dialogue that we have with ourselves, that self-talk, is something that when we become aware of it, we can start to do the work to create a conversation with ourselves that is driving us forward, a conversation with ourselves that is supporting who we want to become. I don't believe in the um, saying, fake it till you make it, but I do really like, be it till you believe it. And I believe that affirmations and using different tools and techniques to really help you start to move into the mindset of being a fully confident person by thinking those thoughts that are going to encourage you than discourage you 
are really, really helpful. So something that I do on a regular basis, and I'll do it in the shower, and I will journal it on it very, very regularly, is saying out loud, saying it loud and proud. I am confident, successful, and believe in me. I am confident, successful, and believe in me. I am confident, successful, and believe in me. And there's nothing like the power of music and song to really activate those feelings of confidence and emotional connection to who you want to be and who the identity of who you want to step up and into. One of my favorite songs is, um, is from The Greatest Showman. And the lyric that I love is, I am brave. I am free. I am who I meant to be. This is me. And I have been known to put that song to say to, and I'm going to spell it out so I don't wake her up right now, to say to A-L-E-X-A, play X from The Greatest Showman, and to simply get up and sing that song. I am brave. I am free. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Doing that before um, I have to have you know, a call, a discovery call with a client or I'm going to have a call with somebody that really requires me to either step up and step into something I may not be feeling that day because I didn't sleep very well the night before, or something's been going on where I'm just not feeling at my optimum. And therefore, finding the right music, the right song to sing can really allow me to connect with feeling my best self, my most confident and the other song is from Wicked, Defying Gravity. I'm through accepting limits because someone says they're so. Some things I cannot change, but till I try, I'll never know. And again, that song also really, really resonates with me in creating that whole emotional connection to allow me to feel at my most empowered and my most confident. Because when I am confident, I feel I could take on the world. When I am confident, I am able to step up into that identity of the person I am becoming. And that person that is going to allow me to really step up into my future self. In conclusion, I'm going to wrap up by basically talking about when you have switched on and found the right tools to really connect with your confident self and really created the relationship with money that is really going to support where you are heading and who you want to be. This does so many things that can only help drive you forward into taking that intentional action that leads you to understand where you are, where you want to be, and the steps you need to take there. It absolutely empowers you to recognize that you are in charge, to have full belief in you and what you are capable of achieving. It also demonstrates to your client that you value yourself and in turn, you value them. When would be clients see 
the self-confidence that you have, not the arrogance, the self-confidence that you have in what you can do and that you value yourself and the results that you bring, then they feel attracted to that and want the same for themselves. When you have that sense of belief and confidence, it'll also future-proof your business and your finances because you will recognize that the buck stops with you. You will look for the answers to the problems that you might have going on in your business. You will be able to look to yourself for what you need to do to rectify or move yourself forward from that. But it also gives you the ability to revisit your life and your business and the decisions that you are taking with a fresh pair of eyes. Because you are able to actually look at things from an empowered perspective, to be honest, to take your head out of the sand and to recognize that because the buck stops with you, you need to ask for the relevant help where you need to ask it. Do the difficult things where they need to be done. Get out of your comfort zone because the reward of doing so is worth far more than the risk of feeling uncomfortable. And it really does allow you to connect with your true potential and live a life that you love. You won't necessarily live a life you love every single day, but you will find yourself creating a life by your design that you love more and more because it's your design and because you have the self-confidence to recognize that when you need to make a change, that you will. Having self-confidence and creating that self-confidence is truly, I believe, the greatest gift we can give ourselves. And when we have created that sense of self-confidence, then our confidence in our relationship with money is a byproduct. And what a byproduct it is. So I will leave it there for today. Please do reach out to me if you have any questions. As I say at the end of lots of these episodes, I absolutely love it when you reach out to me in your DMs and share with me um, the different thoughts that you have with regards to what comes up for you when listening to the podcast. Until next time, take care. See you soon. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes 
driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free money confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.